Welcome everybody to Catfish Weekly presented by Whiskerware Apparel along with Chuck Davison and Doc Lang. I'm Lyle Stokes. Uh, we've got a pretty good show coming up tonight, boys, with Joey Pounders and Jay Gallup. I think we're going to find out a lot of information. I don't know about you, Chuck, but I'm going to be pounding them guys to get some information from uh, them about catching them flatheads. Yes, and they got they got some really good strategies they use um, pre-fishing for tournaments. Um and all kind of interesting stuff that I'm going to pick their brain about. That I think it will really help me. He's already went over a few things with me at tournaments. But um, the the way that they go out and, and do their pre-fishing and mark their spots and then go back and commit to it and then end up, you know, usually, you know, being on top of the leaderboards, just outstanding the way they do that. Well, one of the things, uh, you know, preparation is everything, and them guys pretty much got that down pat. But uh, they're having a little trouble getting uh, their computer set up, but they'll be in here with us here in a little bit, and we'll get going like that. Doc, how's things going in uh, the big state of Ohio? It's starting to cool down up here. It's cool down. Do you think some of this information Joey and Jay's got will help you with your fall flathead fishing? Uh, it might. I'd be interested in hearing their prepare. <laughs> I mainly yeah, target flyheads anyway. So. Yeah, I know. You you and Janet and Bink and Dave and Teresa and all you guys out there, you fish for them flatheads all the time. And, and uh, I love to catch them, but it just you don't win any tournaments over here catching flatheads. I, all the years I've been doing them, I think uh, uh, one tournament has been won with a uh, flathead. They had a 50-pound, which won big fish, and it put them over the top for the tournament. But other than that, in, in our water, you better be catching blues pretty consistently or uh, you're just not going to uh, generally be in in, in, the, in the top one or two places. But, uh, you know, I, I think them flatheads, man, they're the king of cats. That's all there is to it. I love cats. You know. They're a lot of fun. Just like hooking they, on they to are. a dump truck or a locomotive, you know, <laughs> take off. So. Well, you can always tell if you've got a flathead or not. If it's stuck on the bottom and it don't want to come up, most of the time that's what it is. Yeah, and it's not, and it's slow, methodical. You know, you, they don't go, uh, they don't put a set of afterburners on when they pull the rod down. They just, <laughs> it just goes That's nice correct. and easy. That's correct. You know, they they uh, they they got a plan, just like we got a plan, and and uh, a lot of times their plan will work out. Uh, you know, they don't they don't want to be up there, and if you get one to the top, is there's a good chance that it's heading back down. It it may not stay on the top there when it sees that boat. It there's something about them boats when they see them, they don't care much for them. Yeah, they uh, yeah, that's the only time they turn the afterburners on. As soon as they see the boat, buddy, they <laughs> they bury a rod down. Yeah, this is a, a this is a time of year where uh, them rascals they like to play a little hide and seek with you too, because you'll get one of them in a you know you'll have one especially a big one you'll have a take down a rod and you'll get him all the way to the boat and you see him and then he looks at you and then he opens his mouth and he never even had the hook in his mouth the whole time he just yep. sitting there sucking on that head or whatever he you know you're using. And then he, yep. he just kind of lets it roll off in big fat lips of his and <laughs> just turns around and says, see ya, and you're just standing there in disgust saying, man, you know, because I use circle hooks all the time anyway, so, you know, I don't swing back and and bust them a good one. Exactly, yeah, I've, I've done it both ways, and the circle hooks work for me. Uh, 
uh, I, I don't like them getting in very deep. And that's one thing about flatheads you have to watch because they're liable to just go up there and grab the bait, set on it, and not really move too much. And you'll just kind of see the, the rod jiggle around a little bit. And the next thing you know, if you're not careful, they swallowed that bait. And uh, uh, that's you, you, I don't like the deep hook them, uh, any of them, but the circle hook seemed to have helped me with that. Yeah. Chuck, you've been working a lot. Have you had a chance to get out and do any fishing in the last week or two? No, I was supposed to have went to the, um, the Alabama Catfish Trail, uh, hold them, hook them, uh, Alabama Classic Saturday. Uh, got called into work Saturday night, had a blowout on the way to uh, my call-in. And when I got back home, you know, I had a donut on my truck, and I wasn't going to drive it to Gunnersville. No, that's a good idea. And things um, are uh, temporary at best. Yeah, but uh, the, I came very close wanting to very bad. You know, I I hated to miss that tournament, but, you know, the man upstairs was trying very hard to keep me away from that tournament. I don't know why, but there was a reason. And there were se several other things that happened that affected it also. So, you know, if he didn't want me to go, I just threw my hands up and said, okay, you know, I'm just being your hand, so... I'm, I'm where you need me to be. That's right. That's exactly right. We've got, uh, we got a bunch of stuff coming up that we're going to get ready and, and uh, get done with the, with our fall fishing and stuff. I'm thinking next week we ought to be visiting about uh, preparation for fall fishing and things like that. Uh, yeah. You know, I don't know what you guys think about that, but I think that would be a, a good time because we're into the middle of it right now. And uh, we need to get uh, everybody that's going to do any fall fishing needs to be prepared before it gets cold. And uh, when it when the weather gets cold and, and really cold, uh, now I'm talking about cold, Chuck, not not your kind of cold, our kind of cold. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> when it gets yeah. cold up here, it's a different situation than fall fishing, you know. Ooh, it's cold. Uh, it is, you know, and on the water, there's always a wind. So if it's 25, 30 degrees and that wind's blowing 5 to 10 mile an hour, it's like zero a lot of times. And uh, you just need to prepare different for wintertime fishing and stuff like that. Hey, we got Joey. Hey, how's it going, guys? Woo! <laughs> <laughs> hey, glad to have you guys on here. Hair right here. Yeah, <laughs> all spiked up, ready to go. That's right. We're, we're we are are really excited to have you guys on the show with us tonight, and uh, glad that you and Jay can can join us. And uh, I think that with the three of us have been have been sitting around trying to draw up a conclusion of how we're going to attack the the fact that you all catch all in flatheads and and see what we can peel out of you tonight. Well, it's great to have you guys. You know, you know, I've talked about this for a long time about getting you guys on here and uh, one thing leads to another and you're having to work or, you know, something's always going on. So we're really happy that you, uh, you got the chance to join us for tonight and, and be on the show with us. And, uh, uh, we'll kind of go from there and see how things work out. And I'm, I tell you, I'm going to turn you over to Doc because I know Chuck has got a list of stuff. And I'll let, oh, Doc, let Doc work his way through because when Chuck gets started on you now, he's going to pry some of that info out of you. And, and uh, you know, I, <laughs> one, 
we've been we've been talking about things before you guys got in the show, and one of the things that that impresses us the most is, is your preparation, and I and I think it's great the the way you guys go about doing things. So, Doc, why don't you see what they got and see if you can uh, get some of that info out of them? All right. Well, thanks, guys. Welcome to the show. Glad to have you on. Thanks for having us. So um, my first question tonight is how do you guys prepare for a tournament? What do you do? How do you do it? What are you looking for? Um, well, usually uh, it, it works out that we get about one day on the water. Uh, either he's got to work or I've got to work. And it just works out. In the last two years, I think we fished together. It's been about one, one day on the water that we'll get. And uh, we just basically – uh, put the poles in the rod box, and we just ride around and look. Uh, we just we we don't have time really to fish because half the day we were trying to fish, and if we didn't catch anything in the spots we were fishing, they were stuck. We don't have any spots uh, to fish, you know, especially in a two-day tournament. So we just have to uh, go out there and find as many spots as we possibly can, and we'll take a notebook out there. And we'll actually mark the spot, and we'll put a one to five star rating on it, depending on the depth, the structure, uh, where it's around. Uh, it, just a number of things kind of come into play there. So that's that's pretty much our preparation the day before a tournament nowadays. Now, are you guys mainly fishing uh, lakes or rivers, or what are you fishing? Usually, <laughs> usually trying to stay on the river as much as we can. That's what we grew up doing. Uh, there's we never have been much of lake fishermen. Okay. So are you are you guys anchoring on the structure or are you uh, spot locking or whatever they call it? Every 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 spot you got to take it a different way depending on how the spot looks, what you're trying to get out of it. Uh, we do everything from tight line spot locking. Everything everything just depends on what we find when we're free fishing or scouting out the day before. Yeah, we're we're not. You know, anchoring is somewhat, you know, for a lot of people, is pulling up on a spot, throwing out, you know, a few poles and seeing how they do. We do something a little bit more aggressive, uh, you know, than just the, the normal anchoring. We'll actually pull up to a spot and we'll just drag our baits into the spot even more. We may pull up past a tree and drag them baits right into a tree, you know, because you don't know if they're lingering in the back of the tree on the side or, or whatnot. And yeah, you're going to get tangled up a lot, but a lot of times you're going to get rewarded too. So it's more of an aggressive anchoring than, than your normal anchoring and, and spot locking. So um, that's what we've been doing lately, actually. So uh, it's been working out for us pretty good and try to, uh, to work with that. Okay. Now, do you, are you guys dropping multiple waypoints on it? You know, like I know a lot of times I'll find out, I'll find a big tree and then I'll just keep going back and forth across that thing and I'm just dropping waypoints where it looks like, you know, like a flathead could be laying down in that thing because I've seen them in all kinds of different configurations. That, you know, they're not laying flat. They're, they're kind of at a 45-degree angle sitting on something. It's some of the it's really weird some of the things that you see those fish doing. Yeah, we, we pull up on, every time we go across them, we go across it several times, uh, mark it from one end to the other, try to find every farthest out corner of that tree that you can find so that when you pull back on it, you know a lot more about what you're fishing and what you're throwing back into. 
Yeah. You can draw yourself a picture out there. It makes things a lot easier by putting that bait where it needs to be. Yeah. Yeah, because I like to hover over top of them, especially. Well, I use a Rodan, and so, you know, it, it's called an anchor lock for me. And, uh, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll push some baits right down in that brush and stuff and, you know, just, just try to get them aggravated. That, you know, if, if they're lockjawed, a lot of times they're not even lockjawed. You know, they'll move right up on a bait. But it yeah. gets exciting when you're right over top of them you see them move on your electronics. Yeah, it, it's a uh, that you know, we we try to do that a good bit, and, and we you know we try to really make sure the water is probably thirty five or forty foot deep or better when we we're hovering yeah. over the top of them. But you know when that wind picks up and stuff like that, if you're dropped down there beside a tree and your yeah. boat starts spinning, oh my god! Yeah, it's I it's, mean it's just uh, it's chaos. We've had six rods tied up at the same time, and you and you just have to break off all six of them. And there's no telling what kind of ruckus cost down there so we try to pick and choose when we can do that you know of course yeah. it depends on how how tall that log gets off the bottom you know for us a lot of times yeah now are you are you mainly you know picking on wood structure or are you fishing the you know the ledges and rock piles that kind of stuff uh, brushing debris stuff like that is always not a lot of times you don't have that option where you're fishing uh, a lot of times you gotta, you gotta get in the rocks uh, try to find as many trees as we possibly can but uh yeah sometimes that option is not there yeah and a lot of i know uh, my experience a lot of times the root balls that you see up on the bank you wish were in the water because those are prime flathead <laughs> spots to sit, but they're never, you never see them on the bottom of the river. No, you know, the, the really good ones are always on the bank. That's true. That's right. We, yeah, we, we uh, you know, we pull up to, uh, we'll still fish, even though that root ball's on the bank, we'll still fish some of these uh, spots. We, we like to get on these rock walls, so it's just straight down. So these trees is falling off the bank or falling directly in there, and yeah, you're tying up to the root ball. But, yeah. you know, there's still some good wood down there. Now, if that tree just fell in there maybe a year before that, you're still going to have a bunch of little limbs, and you're not going to be able to get a good fish out of there probably. And for that, you know, you, you won't even get your bait down there really a lot of times because there's so many limbs. But uh, if that if that tree is going straight down, we might pull right on top of that sucker and tie it to the bank and, and fish right down there in that tree. You know, being, and we'll, we'll kind of throw our poles out, you know, kind of spread them out on the rock wall too because – We've caught many a fish, whether it be blue cat or flathead on the ledges. So that's the uh, approach we're trying to, try to take. If, if it's deep enough, you know, I'd say 25 to 30 is appealing to us for sure if it's that deep. Yeah. With a tree on the edge, you know, even at the root ball. Yeah, we'd love for it to be down there, but you know as well as I do, we don't always get our toys. So. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, great, guys. Uh, been a pleasure talking to you. I'll, I'll turn you over to Chuck. I know he's going to. He's going to really go at it with you. So uh, thanks again. appreciate it. Hey, you guys, can yes, you turn sir. your – Joey, can you turn your volume down just a touch on your computer? Absolutely. With audio a little bit. Go ahead, Chuck. I don't know if that was it or not. That helped. Did it? Yes, sir. Yeah, this, this is Jay's computer, so I don't know, I don't know what's going on with it. 
We'll make the adjustment, whatever we need to do. We've already had enough trouble. I think we can handle the volume. <laughs> I hear you. Okay, Chuck. Uh-oh, now we don't have any volume on Chuck. What big tournament y'all got to here in the near future? The next one for us? Yes. Uh, Chuck, I, he's breaking up on me. Yeah, what's the uh, what's your next big tournament you you got coming up? You're looking really forward to. Uh, the winter blues. If uh, if Daniel's still putting it on, uh, we want to make that one for sure. If, if he's still having it, I think they come back and say he's going to have it. Is that correct? That's correct. It's going to be uh, New Year's Eve. Fish fish life's going to be a huge part of it. Um, they're the one that really talked him into coming back and doing this. Um, yeah, so it's really going to be. Um, it's really going to be a good one this year. They've got some really good, um, you know, guys coming out from different tourism departments and stuff uh, to check this out. And hopefully it's going to help our state, you know, promote some other big tournaments coming up here pretty soon. Right. Yeah, we, we're, we're not very good on Wheeler at all. Uh, we went there last year. And fish Cabell's event, and we went up towards Gunnersland, and Dad headed about 45, I'd say about 40 or 45 miles up north, and we were finally able to catch some fish that we, you know, that we were targeting in the first place. But as far as getting back on that lake and stuff like that, we're just really no good there for some reason. We're going to put it together one day, but we just up with us over there. So I'm hoping that maybe we can turn it around and have a good show for that tournament, but. Uh, I don't think that where they're putting it at, I, I think it'll be too long of a drive for us to get back to where it was earlier. Well, you know that. Uh, you know, in the that, year of fishing. Now, you know, that Elk River's right there, and it's supposed to be a really good uh, river also. Yeah, yeah, it is. Uh, and there's some really good spots, and we've, we've fished it uh, a couple of years in a row. It just hasn't panned out. I watched Aaron Wheatley put one about 65 pounds in the boat in front of me. I didn't really like that too much because <laughs> I'm over here putting two men on the channel, cast the boat, he's over here putting 60 and 70 pound fish in the boat. So I didn't, I didn't really like that all that much, but uh, I know there's good fish in there, uh, but it just, uh, it hasn't panned out. You keep going back because it just looks good, it looks great, and I know there's eventually going to be a fish that bites in there for us. And, no, we're just not doing it right, right then, but we're just going to keep making the adjustments. Yeah, Aaron was in my spot when he caught that fish. He called totally. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, uh, tell us about this grading system and the, exactly how you go about. Uh, you go and you name your waypoint uh, like two and a half, three star. How do you name your waypoint on your uh, electronics itself? Every, every spot that we pull up to right now, every waypoint is on that tree in one column. And uh, we get together and decide how much we like at one spot, and we'll give it a star rating on it. We'll write the depth down. And any, any defining marks that we've seen about it, whether there was fish in it, fish around it, uh, we'll maybe even describe the tree so we know which one we're going back to. So, so do, do you name the waypoint on your computer? What do you name it? The actual dot on your uh, GPS screen? Do you uh, name well, we it? The numbers down. Yeah, the numbers. Just how we're, we're not, we don't put a name with just the numbers. I mean, we, I think we're all the way up to 
1500 on the on the uh, depth finder now waypoint so we was fishing uh gallatin a few few months ago i think it was marking spots 1199 mm -hmm. you know and if we pull up and mark uh like Doc, Doc was asking about, you know, if we mark five spots, marking the top and bottom of a tree, we'll mark, you know, from 1198 to 1203 or something like that. And that way we kind of know that we're in that area. And it's not like uh, 1199 or 1200 was any better than 1198 or 1203. We just kind of know that, hey, you know, we either go hover over it and hit, hit from one end to the other. Or, you know, we're going to anchor up above it and we're going to spread them out, you know, right all in that area right there. Um, when it comes to the flatheads, um, what what do you concentrate on the most, uh, rock or wood? I would uh, I would say wood just because rocks is – we don't get rocks everywhere. But, you know, we can usually find wood just about anywhere. Uh Gallatin, you can find a lot of rocks. Uh, Tennessee River, you can find a lot of rocks. Uh, uh, Costa River, you can find a good bit of rocks. So, I mean, there's a few places that we can't find rocks, but wood is usually the uh, the thing that we're looking for. Regardless, we catch a lot of blue cats in there as well as flatheads, but it's just wood for us. Uh, you really can't go wrong with it. One flathead is going to get up next to something under it, lay up next to it. Anything that gives them something to get up next to, you can't go wrong with it, really. Yeah, right. I've seen I've seen some of the videos where the scuba divers went down, and they, uh, you know, a big old forty pound flathead would be laying up against a rock the size of a softball, and he's just right up against it. He thinks he's hid, and he don't know no different. You know, yeah. You, you don't. I mean, you know, he's doing it for a reason because you didn't even see the rock until he swam off and there's nothing else around, but that one rock and he was tucked right up against it. So yeah. you know, I thought that was pretty cool about, you know, the way they pick out structure like that. Yeah. We'll see. And, and that's a, that's a big thing, you know, as close as they get to structure, we may see a tree down there that's 70 foot long, you know, it's three foot around or whatever. And we may not see a thing in that tree. And a lot of people will say, Oh, there's nothing in that tree you know, drive on down the river, you know, we're going to find a trace, got some fish on it. For us, we don't care if we see fishing. I mean, we never have. We rate the tree, we rate the depth, and we rate the, you know, surroundings of it. You know, we don't rate the fish in there because if you've ever went, uh, even if you go on the pyramid of Bass Pro Shop, you go upstairs and you look, and them flatheads are in the log. I mean, they're in the log. They're not above it, they're not below it, they're in it. They're trying to get as much cover as they possibly can. So they will lay right on top of a log, and you cannot separate it with your depth finder and say, oh, that's a fish sitting on top of a log because they, they just blend in with it. So we don't get really too tied up on, on saying, oh, that, that, you know, that tree ain't got no fish on it or anything like that. So we, we just uh, – that's another reason uh, we like fishing wood so much because about half the time there's going to be a flathead on that tree. It's just can you get the right bait to him? Can you elevate it right where he's at? If he's on top of the tree and you're fishing a bait below the tree, then you're doing no good. You know, so it's it's all about elevating that bait right where he's at. Exactly. Yeah. When we when we fished that uh, Cabela's tournament at Gunnersville, and you came back and you showed me this image of this, it looked like a big sixty foot oak tree in full bloom, probably full of acorns, 
and you told me, you said, man, what do you think about this? Isn't this a five-star perfect structure where you have <laughs> all in it? And yet you said y'all didn't get a bite in that tree. Um, I bet you can't wait to get back to that tree and try it again. Well, I tell you that, you know, that, that, that kind of hurt me a little bit because we, and we'll, I'm sure we'll get to this, but we like to go catch fresh bait in the mornings. And we had marked that spot and it was a five. Okay, that was, that was a five of five because it was, it was in such a nice hole. And we got our heart broke because we come bebopping up there and knew we was going to stick some good fish and lo and behold, we shipping and brokers sitting right on top of it. And, just, <laughs> uh, and, you, and you know the bad thing about this, you know they're good and they're going to fish it out. It's like if there's a fish in there, they're going to catch it. You know, and it's just like, oh, God. You know, we've got the perfect live bait right here and we just we struck out. So that morning, there was the fog was real thick, so we couldn't see them right until we got right there on them. And it was just... I don't know. It's it's one of those deals where we went back to it after they left it. Uh, they caught some good fish out of it, I believe, and we went back to it and tried to get something out of it and, and didn't get any bites. And the fish wasn't on it like they were the day that we marked the picture. So, but you know, regardless, that doesn't like I said, that doesn't really affect us. We still think that uh, if there's a house there, uh, which that's what we call the tree is the house. We're gonna put it on our kitchen table and see if they want to eat. Right. I mean, I've never seen a tree look that good on an image it just looked like it was just growing out the bottom of the lake and it was fully i mean it was perfect um right. i cannot i cannot believe you know i don't know if shipment and them got i mean not probably anybody caught anything that day i think one big fish over 50 and then um you know some 20s and 30s but it was a really bad front, bad wind and stuff. So the fish were really shut down bad that, that day anyway. That's right. We caught we caught our one fish, I think, at 256. <laughs> we was all proud of it. It was about a 20-pound blue. Couldn't be more excited. Yeah. So it was tough on us for sure. Yeah, it was, it was, it was fun. But, you know, any day like that uh, is a good learning experience. I, now, I probably won't ever get them, but. Um, I guess I just need to go during the fronts more and try to learn them. Everybody else, you know, they go, well, it's a cold front coming. I'm not going to go fish. You know, I, I usually try to get out there and, and, and see if I can catch them because lately, every time a tournament comes up, there's a front come in that day. It never <laughs> comes it. it happens to you too, huh? Yep. I'm talking about over. I mean, this is just this the past two years. Every tournament I think I've been to, a, a heavy, a pretty deep front comes through uh, right on time. Right. Uh, I, I feel your pain. I promise you. Yep. And you know, some some of them, you know, the you know, on the two day tournaments, you know, you'll have one good day of fishing, and then the front comes through. Then the second day is just they, it just shuts them down. Um. So yeah, that uh, that I mean, yeah, we've been through that before, and that's just a grind. I mean, that, we're just trying. We're fishing, you know. A lot of people go and they'll anchor, you know, five. I don't know, ten spots a day. We may anchor twenty or twenty-five spots because we're not getting that bite. We're giving them fifteen or twenty minutes, and you, it's even worse when you get when the fronts come through because you. You're trying to do whatever you can just to get five fish in the boat. Regardless, you're not trying to put a good stringer, but you're just trying to get five bites to get in the boat, and it's, it's rough, that's for sure. 
Right. Um, yeah. Can you um, can you kind of tell us how your day goes uh, on your pre-fishing day? Um, you know, y'all won't go out. You you told me y'all like going out trying to find the best you know, 15 or 20 spots and, and narrow them down to 15 and try to hang out at each one of them 20 to 30 minutes, depending on the weather and the pressure and everything. Tell me, tell me on, on your pre-fishing days, uh, you know, how do y'all go about uh, narrowing down what stretch of the river y'all going to go uh, look through and, uh, you know, the routine you go through on uh, pre-fishing day to get your, uh, Everything laid out for tourney day. That's as usually discussed by the time we come off the water pre-fishing to the time we get back to the river the next morning. <laughs> we never really know how to, how to go about it, really. I mean, you just talk about it best you can, come up with the best game plan that you can, and you pull up, you got to execute it, stick with it. Um, All right, so you got if, – If we uh, – you know, if we – you know, of course, if, before we go out of town or whatnot, I, I'll, we'll kind of look at some satellite images, um, and we're just kind of studying the river a little bit and seeing, you know, kind of what we like. Uh, we like to stay out of the lake. Like I said, we're, we're not very confident in the lake. We will fish if we have to. Uh, but the satellite images uh, that you can get nowadays have been very, really helpful, you know, just kind of looking at the bins, and we may – we may be able to search a 20 to 30 mile stretch of water a day. So it better be the right 20 or 30 mile stretch of water, I guess for us, because if we really strike out then you know, we're just stuck with it. So uh, another thing, uh, you know, with us going through and marking all these spots is we're trying to find places, not only to catch bait, but where these places are uh, in conjunction with, with where we're going to fish at too. We don't want a bait spot to be 20 miles away from our best three or four spots. So we're going to try to find places to catch some bait around the spots as well because we may catch bait three times a, a tournament, you know, and take 30 minutes oh, out each time. Okay. So there's a there's a lot of a lot more prep than just going through and marking some of these spots. And like Jay said, you know, we're talking the whole entire time about strategy. We can get we can get back here. We can fish here. We can do this. We can do that. This is a three. This is a four. You know, we're we're steadily just going back and looking at our list and seeing where these spots were at, as opposed to these uh, bait spots. And you know, where can where can we get and get our bank for our buck? We certainly don't want to drive 10 miles down the river just to fish one spot, come back and fish this spot, and then have to go 10 miles back and catch bait. So that's the that's the big deal about marking 15, 20, 30 spots. Uh, how, how much do y'all rely, uh, being flathead fishermen, on? Uh, you know, reading the the contours on your uh, your Navionics or your Lake Master or whatever y'all use, does that come into play a lot when you're reading and finding out, you know, where where the holes are or where humps are and stuff like that? Like the guys that fish for blues, does that really help y'all a lot? Before we get there, it helps us narrow. We look at it a lot before we get somewhere. It helps us narrow down a lot of stretches of the river. Pick out a certain stretch on the contour line that doesn't really look all that deep, all that promising. You can pass that up and keep from 
driving 30 miles an hour through it and killing a lot of time, you can move on to something that looks a little bit more promising. Uh, kind of helps, helps better yards out uh, dividing the holes that you're looking for. Yeah. Yeah, another thing, uh, some of these river have a, has an old river run in it. And if you see these contour lines are really deep towards the bank, you realize that might be the old river run. And where somebody can't bump and drag and everything else is that, you go back to, hey, this may be these tall uh, cliffs, these rock walls and stuff like that, and may have these trees that's, that's over in it, you know. Uh, and, and we don't really focus on stuff like that. You know, we don't really uh, we don't really like to get in the middle of the river a lot, if you, that makes any sense in these deep holes like a lot of other people would. Because if we're trying to hover over the top of a tree, that wind gets so bad on us a lot of times that we can't stay on that tree without just keep it tangled up. So that's why we like to talk about line spots on the bank. Okay, so y'all, if y'all see a, a nice big uh, fifteen foot hump, you know, uh, ten yards from the bank, you know, and it's uh, you know thirty foot deep, and it comes up to twenty. Do do y'all ever fish around humps like that to target flatheads? No, that's that's not our bread and butter. Uh, I've heard a lot of people have been very successful doing it, but. Uh, it's kind of like bumping. We're, we don't feel really good about it, and uh, we just don't do it. I'm not saying it don't work, but we just don't do it because we don't feel as comfortable uh, as what we're doing. I guess we feel really confident in what we're doing. Uh, the humps, I know that a lot of people caught some good fish on, but we I don't even know if we know how to fish. Do you fish directly on the bottom? Do you elevate your baits? Do you drag them? I mean, what do you do? I mean, for us, it'd be a learning process, and we certainly don't want to – apply that in a tournament as opposed to fun fishing. I got you. All right. Well, uh, that's about all I got. I'm going to pass you on to Lyle and let him get at it. I know he's got some stuff he wants to go over with y'all, and it's been good talking to you. Thank you, sir. Well, Chuck, you and Doc just about got all the good questions. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I do, I, I'll jump in there. I got another one. Well, go oh, ahead, Doc. What's your favorite rig? What are you guys using? Uh, three, three way, three way swivels. I mean, that's about what we use for just about everything we do. It can be used for a lot of different techniques. Uh, it keeps them having to change out midday, having to change out the rig, whatever we want to swap up and go from tight lining to just dropping to the spot locking. You can do it. You can do that with, this, with the same rig. Okay. If you had to. Um, right. There's all kinds of different rigs you can use for both of them, but that keeps us from having to swap up midday. You can just pull up on the spot and go right back to fishing. Yeah. Did, uh, did I, had, I, I know I had to leave the room in a minute. Did anybody uh, answer Jerry Dillard's question? Jerry Dillard posted on here and said, Do you prefer newer sunk trees and laydowns or wood that has been in the river for many years? When we, when we go somewhere, we really, really don't know how long it's been down there most of the time. Um, you know, the, the only thing, uh, the, one of the biggest fish I've ever caught was um, a, land, uh, a little mussel out on the bank at our house. And that tree had been in the water for about three months. And that, so that doesn't bother me. It can be in there for years. It can be in there for a few weeks. Uh, what does bother me is you get one of those trees, like I was talking about earlier, that's really bushy. It's just got a bunch of limbs. 
and you just get in a situation where you can't even get your banks to the bottom of that tree. So if it's got a lot of limbs and it looks real bushy like a Christmas tree, I guess, down there, no, I really don't have much interest in that. I just need some some log, you know, a big log, you know, a couple limbs, two or three, you know, four coming off of it. So if that means it's been there for a month, great. If that means it's been there for 10 years, <laughs> that sounds better too, you know, just good. So uh, it doesn't matter. Uh, we just really stay away from the bushy trees because you're really asking for trouble when you do that. Yeah, you're going to get hung up. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. You know, that's that's another thing. You uh, was asking about the, the rig that we're using. What Basically, the reason that we're doing uh, using a three-way is because we're taking uh, – right now we're using template rods. And we're taking that three-way swivel, and we're taking a weight line off of that three-way swivel about four to five, sometimes even six-foot long. We're taking a hook line off of it, 12 to 18 inches long. And what you're trying to do is elevate your bait off the bottom because this fish may be on the left side of the tree, but you're fishing on the right side of the tree. And if he's fitting right up against that log right there, he can't really see that bait or feel that bait or whatnot. But if you elevate that bait, they may be able to see it. You know, they may be able to feel it. I don't know, putting off vibrations in the water. But if you've got it laying on the bottom on one side of the log as opposed to the other, he's never going to see it. So you're not giving yourself really a good chance. Are you guys using mostly uh, live bait, or what? what is your bait of choice? Live shad. Live uh, we catch, I mean, we throw the cast net a lot, and uh, we catch a lot of brown crappie bass and everything else. But everything you catch, you know, it, it's – can't use bass, you can't use crappie, and you, you know, you can't net brim. You got it's illegal to do all them things. So, right. the only thing really legal to use is shad most of the time, you know. Uh, so, we've just stuck with shad. Shad's a little too gum to get out of the way. It seems like crappie and bass and brim, they'll get beside a limb and they'll hug that limb and they won't get eat. They know how not to get eat, I guess. So, uh, the shadow get down there and just be shaking for their, you know, for dear life. And you're like, you know, keep shaking that, everybody. A brim will do it for just a couple of minutes. And he's just trying to get to that limb or whatever, whatever part of structure he gets to to save himself. So, it really, uh, for us, we've never done really that good on brim or, or anything else. Yeah. Now, how are you hooking them? It depends on really how they're biting that day. Uh, sometimes we hook them in the eye. Sometimes we hook them right behind the uh, dorsal fin on the back. Uh, depends on their size. If they're smaller, we'll hook them to the eyes. If they're bigger, uh, you know, that goes bigger. It doesn't matter. You hook them to the eyes or through that back uh, fin. So yeah, it all depends on how they're biting that day. Some of them, you know, biting heads every, you know, every time. And, and we'll make the adjustment, hey, you know, this one's scuffed up on the head. This one's scuffed up on the head. Well, we got him hooked in the back. Well, we make the adjustment, and uh, usually it works out for us. Sometimes we can't figure them out. Sometimes we, we think they're biting their head, they're biting their butt. So, you know, it's just uh, – it, it varies from place to place and tournament to tournament. Okay. So what – what? I don't mean to jump in here, Lyle, but – No, go ahead. Yeah. Um, so what tank are you using to keep your live bait in? What you know? What are you using? Well, I'm, I'm in the middle of rigging up my own tank. I mean, I, I just there's some really good tanks out there. I mean, they really are, but I just hate. They're like there's not one out there like this one. 
Yeah, this one's this one's pretty good. I mean, we use the uh, we use the 80 gallon tank in the back of the boat, and then we use the 25 gallon tank. And then I've got I've got a little um, little tank I've been working on. It's it's working out. It's about a 50 or 60 gallon tank, but it's it's more work than it is anything right now. But you know, um, that goes back to us catching bait every three hours or so. You know. Uh, right. Yeah. Exactly. That's a big part. Um, of our success, I believe that, that a lot of people really take for granted. They believe, you know, and I'm not saying anything bad about guys because I've been beat by many guys using live bait they kept overnight. So I'm not going to get into that. But what we do is we try to catch our bait that morning of the tournament. And uh, then we'll catch bait about 10 or 11 o'clock, and then we'll catch bait, you know, 2 o'clock. So it all depends on when the tournament ends, how much time we got left. But uh, – Usually bait don't stay in our boat that long, and if they start getting red-nosed or something like that, we go ahead and refresh our bait because if he's not down there shaking, he's not doing you no good. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and so a bait tank would be nice, but a lot of these guys are using bait, tank, bait tanks and they're keeping them overnight, and what happens that I've learned now catfish like that overnight is that you'll keep them overnight, and then come tournament time, yeah, they're still alive, but when you drop them down that 30 or 40 foot hole, not even moving, they're not shaking or not vibrating anything. And our, our biggest successes come from these shad going down there and just shaking their butt off, and then something going up there and just killing them. Uh, or, you know, yeah. and then coming back and eating them later. But if you're throwing them down there and they're alive, yeah, that's great and everything, but they're not down there 40 foot down there, you know, knocking the tip of your pole, you know, he's not doing you any good. Yeah. So that's why we have really went into the, you know, I love to have a tank. Maybe I'll get one one day. <laughs> if this doesn't work out, I think it's going to be the end of me. But, I mean, we'll, we might get one one day. Uh, but, you know, for the time being, it's worked out what we're doing right now. It kind of it stinks because you hate working as hard as we do. But we, we really do work hard catching bait. Uh, but, you know, at the same time, the, the juice is, is – Certainly worth the squeeze. Yeah, yeah. If it's not broke, why fix it? <laughs> now, hold on now. We've been beat a bunch of times. <laughs> we catch a bit. <laughs> yeah. We've been beat a million times, but we, we're still catching fish every now and then. So I'm, I'm happy about that. That's all I ever ask for. When we go out of town, we, we just want to catch fish. I mean, if, we, if they're five two-pound fish a piece, fine. At least we caught some fish. I just hate going somewhere – that we don't catch fish. So I'm humble with that. If, if we happen to catch some big fish along the way, that's even better. My wife likes it when I win anyway. Yeah, I, I know myself I hate to get skunked. Uh, I call it the walk of shame. And it, <laughs> it, it happened to Lyle and I at the uh, Monsters on the Ohio. The, the only good part about it is we thought we had a nice flathead or a blue on the line. It ended up being a four-foot gar that took a piece <laughs> of bait and, and, and we were in 40 foot of water which was just that just dumb struck over that so what is i said that's probably the reason this guy is so big oh man <laughs> hey I, I think we've all had the walk of shame before so don't worry about that i've been there yeah i promise you that You guys, uh, 
get to back on your your bait tank that you, that you're talking about, and it doesn't matter, you know, if if it's a, a Keep Alive or a whatever brand, you know, that it is that somebody's using. How long do you figure those baits will stay alive and active? You know, as a general rule, when you're fishing a tournament, before you need to replenish them. Really, just gotta keep, keep my eye on them. Like I said, like Joey said, when I, once I start getting red nose, we usually try to start making plans to go ahead and spot them out. They'll stay, they'll stay overnight. And like I said, they're still gonna be kicking, but just some more things you gotta keep an eye on what you're doing all along. Temperature matters. Temperature, matters. yeah, temperature matters a lot. Cooler yeah. water, they'll stay, they'll stay live a lot better longer. Right, right. Uh, I, I know that uh, live bait for for especially for flatheads work work really well. And a lot of people think that the only way that you can use shad and skipjack and stuff uh, to catch blues is, is cut bait, but that's not true. The blues will take live bait just as rapidly as they will a piece of cut bait. We call flatheads on cut bait. I mean, it ain't called retarded. Right. I've asked people all my life, and they say, blues only bite cut, uh, only bite cut, man. Who cuts it up for them all the time? That's right. That's a, <laughs> who, who's cut it up for them all the time? <laughs> it's like a baby eating. There comes a time when that baby don't want you cutting his food up. He wants to eat it like he wants to eat it. Yeah. Babies, they catch them live ones going down the river and the lakes every day. So, uh, you know, it doesn't have to be cut. I, I do believe that that may put out more scent uh, at different times. Uh, but uh, a flathead, uh, I went years and I thought all these guys telling me they was catching these flatheads on on uh, live or cut bait was lying to me. And one night we caught five or six small flatheads on cut bait, and I've never caught one since on cut bait. But I, I know it does happen, and uh, but I, I think they really do prefer uh, a live bait. And uh, uh, I have a tank now. I'm hoping I can keep shad alive in. When we we kept some alive in the uh, the big live well on the boat uh, all day once in cooler weather. But when it's hot, you got to have a circular tank and you got to keep that water changed out. And uh, I don't know why I never thought about having a place you could go refreshing your bait, but that's a great idea. That's probably the yeah. best tip that I heard all night. Yeah, well, that's very good. The, uh, and, and look, you know, a lot of people may catch these big chad, you know, and, and we caught some big chad this past year, but we don't throw anything big back in. We don't keep anything under if if we can, you know, when we went to Coast and Gallatin, we wouldn't keep anything under 10 inches. <laughs> Everything we had was 10 to 12 inches or bigger. I mean, you can catch big shad there. At our place, about a 7 to 10 shad is good. <laughs> we're, we may catch a 1,000 shad, but we're only keeping, you know, 40 or 50 of them, and they're 10 to 12 inches or bigger, you know. But a 5-pound flathead can eat a 12-inch shad. Oh, yeah. And Willie, absolutely. I mean, yeah. so a lot of people think, you know, and, and me and Jake, it's kind of funny what happened to us last year. We had a shad. Oh my God! I think we had to put two hooks in it last year. And he thought, man, we, you know, I questioned him for it. Threw it out. And they know we're gonna use this thing live. We didn't. We didn't that day, but we caught just a big shad the next day and sent on a hole, and it was about forty-five foot deep. It was down there in Coosa River. And I think there was a tree down there about 15 foot long and 45 foot of water. And shouldn't it? We call a little blue cat down there on live bait. Uh, we'll go back there and catch another blue cat, hopefully, and, and add to, you know, we call a fish out. We caught a 47, uh, like a 40, a 25, and a 20, and a 15. 
in the same hole hovering over this little tree and these live, big live baits, they were just tearing them up. And I lost one down there. It's the biggest fish I've ever lost in my life. I mean, I, I said it was pushing 100. I've never had a wow. fish like that in my life. I mean, I, biggest one I've ever caught was 77, and it had nothing on that guy. Nothing. So, Man, that's that, that was, giant fish. Super, super nice fish in that river down there. And I, I wish that he would have been this past year because I'd like to see him at least. That fish come off the line. We didn't talk to each other for 15 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Now, how long have you guys known each other? Uh, known each other probably, I don't know, 15, 20 years. Fished with each other probably off and on for the last five years. Uh, I fished my brothers uh, a good bit. So we just, uh, my brothers kind of got out of it. We got back to fishing again. So we've been knowing each other for a long time and uh, had family friends for a long time too. So well, and we've known a good bit about each other. Well, I knew that you guys had fished some together for quite some time, and I also knew that you had fished with your brother for a while. But uh, you guys have had great success, and and uh, uh, I, you know, I knew that that you you really like to catch those flatheads. And I've tried to pry some of that information out of Janet and Bink, and Bink kind of Bink kind of sits there and he doesn't say nothing. And Janet, she swells up like an old toad frog. She ain't gonna tell you nothing. <laughs> And, uh, you know, we have a lot of fun with those guys. And, and Teresa and, and Dave, they're the, you know, they're two of them. I ride them kind of hard because they catch a lot of flatheads too. And uh, we've had several guys on our show that, that talked about catching flatheads. But, uh, you know, Joey and I have been talking about doing the show for a long time, and it just worked out to where this could be the time. And what better time of the year is right now where them babies are all feeding up, getting ready for winter. Now, I'm not sure – as far south as you guys are, if they go dormant like they do up here, but uh, it won't be too awful long if the water temperature keeps dropping. Another month or so, maybe two, uh, you won't be catching any flatheads up here, but we still got blues and, and channel cats that'll be going. Yeah, our best months here are really September till about April. Uh, you know, these people, you, you always hear, man, they wear them out. You know, time to go after them in the summertime. No, it's not. Not for us. <laughs> the time to go after them is right now for us uh, because there's nobody on the water. You can get wherever you want to get. And usually the numbers everybody's talking about, they warm them out. Well, there's 100 boats to five boats as opposed to wintertime fishing and summertime fishing, it seems like out there. So the more hooks you got in the water, yes, it's going to seem like you're wearing them out. But for us, uh, what the flatheads do in the wintertime for us is they don't spread out as much. You may have to fish 10 spots to get three of them that's going to have flatheads in it, but when you find them three spots that have flatheads in them, you're on a hole. I mean, you may catch, you know, five or six out of a hole. We caught 30 out of a little 50-yard stretch. Do you think uh, that has something know, to do with the water temperature? I don't know any other reason it would be uh, because it's always during the wintertime that you can sit on a hole and catch a bunch of them like that. Uh, towards November and uh, November and February are usually my best months uh, catching flatheads. And usually, you know, that's pretty cold water. That's for us. That's going to be around sixty uh, in February, around fifty or sixty, I guess. <laughs> so I don't know. I don't. I would assume, but I haven't found a fish to interview to tell me the truth of what why they really do, <laughs> do the things they do. But you know, that's and I think another big thing for us is is that. 
going back to the bay situation, it's not so hot and muggy and there's a lot more oxygen in the water and then bay stay a little bit more frisky during the winter time. So you're going to get more action out of them. And not only are you going to get more action, you're going to get longer. Uh, going back to those spots, our, our amount of time we're going to spend, spend on spots like 15 or 20 minutes. That's about the life expectancy of, of a shad. In the wintertime, you're looking at 20 to 25 minutes. So 15 to 20 minutes, we're out of a spot. You know, not because the fish wasn't bite, but because the shad's dead, and we're just not going to throw another round shad down there if nothing bit of them in the first place. Right. That makes sense to me. I'm still trying to wrap my head around uh, December, January water temperature being 60 degrees. What do you think about that, Doc? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Y'all come down here with us. Hey, y'all get some of this heat down here, buddy. Man, I, you know, the, only problem, the only problem I see about where you and Chuck are at down there, way down south, is in the summertime. I could never make it down there in the summertime. It's just so hot. I see old Chuck sitting out there. When we do our shows, he'll go outside. A lot of times he'll be sitting there at night and fighting the mosquitoes and sweating. And I got the air on, buddy. I'm cooling out. But, uh, yeah, I, I would love to come down there and catch uh, flatheads in the wintertime. I really would because, like I say, normally uh, in our area around the November, the flathead fishing is pretty much over. But right now is prime time for us. Yeah, uh, and water's prime up here in Ohio right now. Jerry Dillard says try 85 and 90 degrees water in the summertime. Well, we get that here. Uh, but, you know, I, I'm sure – the further south you go, the more that you get in the summertime. But in the wintertime, uh, you know, it'll get below freezing and not be froze on account of its current. And uh, these rivers up here, they sometimes will freeze over, but it's really got to be cold. I've seen them both freeze. But uh, when it's that's happening, this old man sitting inside doing something besides fishing. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of old man, you're getting ready to catch up with me. Wednesday. I'm not ever. Wednesday not ever is your you. birthday, isn't it? <laughs> it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're not gonna catch up with me, but you're getting close. <laughs> well, thanks. I uh, I I just every day when I crawl out of bed, my feet hit that floor. I'm just happy that it's happening. Yeah. No kidding. <laughs> Oh, man. Well, Joey and Jay, I, I can't thank you guys enough for coming on the show. I, I've had a great time with you guys being here. And, and uh, you know, when we go out and do these live shows, I know you guys are at a lot of these events. Please stop by and sit in with us a little while. I mean, uh, you may have to fight through a, a Jeff Dodd or somebody like that, but we'd like to have you join us at some of these events. And I know you're doing a lot of pre-fishing and preparation, and that's uh, I can tell by what you told us tonight that the preparation uh, and things that, that you do is one of the reasons that you're successful. And, and man, I'm really, uh, really happy that you've joined us and, and shared some of your information. And all great fishermen do that, and nobody tells everything but everybody seems to be willing to help others and to get to the point they want to be, and that's what makes the sports so great. Yeah, it, it is. And, and um, you know, I was talk, talking to you earlier uh, in the week. You know, we went to this ICAT show this past week, man, you were talking about it. Uh, I mean, this past year down in Orlando. And you would not believe the buzz uh, with all these companies about catfish, and everybody's trying to get in on this sport. 
you know, everybody realizes it's not a bunch of uh, bunch of old hillbillies getting out there fishing and stuff like that. It's organized sport. You know, you're putting, you know, close to 200 boats in some of these tournaments here, and it's just the buzz was unreal from a lot of these companies down there in, in Orlando, which is the biggest fishing show you'll ever go to by, by far. And uh, to come back and, and tell everybody about it, I mean, you know, we got something good going on here. I hope it, hope it keeps growing. And, you know, hopefully uh, if somebody's got any questions for us, if, if they want to catch us at some of these tournaments, you know, if we're talking to somebody, pull us to the side, holler at us. You know, if you, if you kind of hung up on something, don't know what's going on, we'll give you the best advice we can. You know, uh, we had we got advice from people coming up, and, and we're very humble about where we're at right now. And I, I promise you, it wasn't by us just coming up with it ourselves. We got help coming along the way. So, apparently, some of these guys, you know, that's just now getting into the sport, because I know there's a lot of new boats when you're putting 200 people in a tournament. Or 200 boats. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. You know, come holler us because we want you to continue to fish. That's the biggest, most important thing. I, if I were to win some of these tournaments and got school drug the first 10 times and nobody ever told me anything, I probably would have stopped, you know, going because I don't want to just get beat and beat and beat and not learn anything. So, it's worse to learn things as well. I mean, it's so, the, uh, you know, at that ICAST show, I mean, you just, you was able to open up and talk to a lot of people and there are a lot of interested people in, in it and I just want, the opportunity to go with, you know, a lot more people need to go to that kind of show, you know, and the way the sport's going to grow and keep on getting the buzz is for people to keep sharing information, keep helping out and, you know, keep showing up these tournaments, you know, that's, it's that's a good exactly right. And, and it, it really is, you know, we've, we've seen this sport grow in the last five years faster and further than I ever thought it would go. Uh, and I'm very pleased that it is growing up there. I sometimes wonder if it's going too fast, but uh, you know, it, it's going to do what it's going to do, and and uh, it's going to be a lot of fun for all of us in the future. And and uh, I'm just thrilled to be a part of it, and hope that everything continues to go like it is. Uh, we do too. I promise you, there's there's good buzz in that catfish now magazine that's coming out, and Ron stayed on top of that pretty good. And I, I love, you know, he's I, that search from west coast to east coast. It seems like every week. I don't know if he's got a jet or what, but you, he's everywhere. Yeah. With all those stories. So I mean, he's he's doing a great job. People need to, you know, pat him on the back too, because they, I mean, you don't know what it means for a lot of us guys, you know, for Ron to go through there and write up about a bunch of us. And, and to do the work that he does. So, I mean, you know, it takes people like Ron pushing, pushing the sport, and, you know, they're coming out with that Catfish Now magazine, which is huge for us. You know, keep on coming out with some more magazines and, and more companies going to get involved with what we're doing. It's going to continue to grow, I hope. Well, that's exactly right. You know, we see Ron at a lot of events that we go to, and, and uh, you know, he, he'll message me about this or that, and I'll try to give you the most honest answer that I possibly can. And uh, him and his wife – uh, was in Memphis over their uh, wedding anniversary, and I don't remember what it was, but it, it was it been quite some years. And uh, to give up um, that much uh, over a, a wedding anniversary that was way down in years, uh, and be at a catfishing event to do what he does for our sport was outstanding. And and uh, he he does a lot. He really does. And yes. I talked to him talked to him over the weekend. He was out at the the Bass Pro Tournament, and, uh, you know, he just – he does everything. And, and a lot of this is all on him. Uh, uh, he, he doesn't have anybody really that helps him do all this stuff. And, you know, 
so he does he does a lot for for very little in return. Exactly right. I agree with you, and I just like to give credit where credit's due, and, and you know keep the fire burning on some of these guys that's really pushing the the deal. You know, and that goes for y'all show. I mean, look, I mean, we're we're happy to be we're very happy to be on the show with y'all. You know, to get the invite, and uh, what y'all are doing is a great thing too. And I, like I said, I think all these things combined is sports will keep growing. So. I look forward to being in. I'm looking for the next five or ten years where the sport's going to be at. You know, how much television is going to be on it. You know, we've, I've got a few things uh, in the works right now that, you know, hopefully it's going to be on the show before long. So, you know, it's That's just great. everybody's That's trying to put their hand in on the sport. You know, and it's, it's a good time. It is, and the, and the people that that do a good quality job, they'll they'll succeed in it and do fine, and and uh, we'll we're just going to keep growing, and that that's that's what you got to do. Uh, like I say, we're very happy to have you and Jay on the show. And if you guys have any sponsors or anybody you'd like to thank, take your time and and go ahead and do that. Well, uh, you know, being them, uh, they they've taken care of us. They're, they're good people. Uh, that's who I went to the show with this last year, and they've been giving back to a lot of these trails and tournaments. And you know, Bitches Fishing has been with uh, with us for a while. <coughs> Dripmaster, uh, Bomb Dwellers, you know, Ego Nets, uh, Bets, uh, you know, uh, I'm sure I'm forgetting somebody. Ten Catfish Hooks, uh, you know, all these guys have really taken care of us, and you know. I, I try, you know, I try to go back and, and write a, a a yearly report and tell them everything that I did, you know, and 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 ask them at the end of it, is there anything else I can do for y'all? So, you know, some of these guys is uh, getting sponsored by some of these uh, companies that don't know how to how to go about it. I'm not saying the way I do it is right, but I try to say, hey, you know, this is what I'm getting into, and shoot them a tentative schedule for the next year. And say, hey, you know, look, guys, I definitely appreciate it. I'd love to be sponsored by y'all next year. If there's anything I can do for y'all, please let me know moving forward. That's that's right. You know, so a little thank you from any of them uh, makes a world of difference on getting things from them. And and the big deal is if you can help them, they'll do more to help you. And and, and the major thing is with that is if their sales improve, you know, and. Uh, right. All companies look at that, and at the bottom line, it, uh, I, from my perspective, and I'm just going to throw this out there. I know this is kind of off topic, but uh, from my perspective, it's not always about winning. You know, when people say, oh, my God, you can't say that. Well, yeah, it's about conducting yourself correctly and being out in the public eye, and if somebody asks you a question, not being sny about it, just tell them an answer and, and give them an honest opinion. But uh, the personality of people have more to do with what I support than anything else. And, and uh, most of my people, I would care if I could care less if they ever want to turn them out. It's great if they do. Right. That's right. wonderful. But if they're if they're personable and and, and are nice to people and uh, get along with the public, I, I'm just as happy for that as anything. And and uh, I think most companies are. Uh, and you're going to have a hiccup once in a while. That's just part of, of, of doing what we do. Uh, but, uh, you know, it, it's it's a great thing. And, and uh, some people slam people that are sponsored and others wish they had them. But, you know, all in all, uh, my biggest thing uh, that I tell people is if, if, if I turn somebody down, it's not because I don't think that they're capable. 
most of the time is because I don't think they're ready at that time. And, and it's not that they can't get to that point. They're just not there yet. And uh, it's bit me a couple times, and, uh, you know, that's how it works. Yeah, we, we don't – I mean, look, I'm not professional until somebody starts paying my house note, okay? <laughs> I'm very lucky, uh, or we're very lucky to have the sponsors that we've got. We're very uh, blessed and lucky. So, you know, at the end of the day um, – we we consider ourselves pretty good and, and can and can have some good tournaments and, and have some good showings, but at the end of the day, I think our you know our biggest thing is to be approachable to a lot of these guys that's just now starting on the trail and, and for other anglers too. We just want to be approachable. So if you know if there are guys out there that want to come talk to us, we don't want to be in that that crowd where they think they can't penetrate and get to us and ask the same questions. We want to be there and say, hey, you know, look, what's what you got going on? What you need help with? So I think that's that's our biggest thing is, is to always you know be approachable, and that means that people want to sponsor us for that instead of us not being able to put you know hang up some first place finishes. Then that's even better because I don't you know with the with the talent that's out there nowadays, I, it's going to be tough to do that consistently because that's there's right. some competition out there. That's that's exactly right. And I'll tell you, Joey, something that stuck out in my mind. Uh, it's been what three or four years ago since the first time I, that I know of that I met you was down at Wheeler at the Winter Blues, and we was all crammed up in that restaurant uh, trying to eat, and they, <laughs> them people was going crazy. You remember that night? Oh yeah, oh yeah. We we, we walked out. I walked outside and was standing there in the foyer of that restaurant talking with Kenny with Fat Boy Rods. Him and I uh, have known each other for years and years, and you walked out that door and shook my hand. The first time I'd ever met you, and I've never forgot it. And that's the impression that you have to make with people, whether it be me or Doc or Chuck or somebody you've never seen before. If they'll remember you, you've done good. Well, I appreciate that. I, th- I mean, I've met Chuck before. I think the first time I've met Chuck really ever talked was, was about – Thigh deep in water in the Coos River. I was trying to help him get his boat out of the boat ramp at the time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Tremor. I'll be honest with you. I kind of regretted it after it happened a little bit. You know, my heart was there. But once I got in there, I was convinced that I was there with you, buddy. But I'm telling you, that water was a little colder than where it should have been later. <laughs> that, that was tough, buddy. I got a lot of respect for you. I promise you that. <laughs> oh, yeah. it was, uh, that was a pretty bad was, that was my first big tournament and you know something went wrong and i was real discouraged and joey made me feel better about the situation we limped out and fished in anyway but it, it, it was it was it wasn't it was a very good day for me after that happened <laughs> yeah. we've all been there I've, I've, that's right all been there and, i promise you and i'll be yeah. there again. And, I was getting ready to say, we'll all be there again at some point. Yeah, it's 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 yeah. never over for that kind of stuff. It always happens to everybody, and and that's part of it. But, you know, like I say, when you make a lasting impression on somebody, that's a home run. I don't care you know, how you put it. It just is. And and uh, I, I'm very happy that, that that happened that night. Well, listen, guys, thank you guys so much for joining us on the show tonight. It means a lot to have you on here. And, uh, I think we covered a lot of ground and got some good information, and we didn't hurt you guys too bad. I don't think I don't think it's going to bite you too bad in future tournaments. Nah, we, we, we'll show up. We'll just show up. <laughs> well, look, it. I'm. I'm-
I'm looking forward to seeing you guys down the road to some of these tournaments in the upcoming year. I know we'll, we'll get together at some of them. And like I say, if we're doing a live show someplace, please jump in there and join us. We'd love to have you on again. Sounds yeah, good. Thank you. Thank you very much. I really enjoyed that video y'all did the other day uh, when y'all were pre-fishing. That really helped a lot. Me too. That was awesome. Yeah, it was really good. We're going to try to start doing it a little bit more, you know, and, and, and we'd love to do it during some of the tournaments if you could. So, uh, you know, we're going to try to do it a little bit more. Uh, we enjoyed it too. And I think that, uh, I, you know, you get some kind of satisfaction out there. Even if you don't do good in tournaments, you get some kind of satisfaction of helping people out and just, and, and just watching this sport grow. Like I said, this all goes back to that, watching this sport grow and see how far it can go. That's exactly Bye, right. See y'all later. It was good. Thanks a lot. Thanks a lot, guys. Well, gentlemen, that, that's one of the top teams in the nation, you know, and they spent their evening with us and, and shared some really valuable information. I never in my life ever dreamed of uh, spending the time out of a fishing day to go catch fresh bait. That's, that's, a, uh, that's a great tip because once I get my bait caught, I figure I'm good for the day, but uh, maybe I need to rethink that a little bit. Yeah, I watched them go. I watched them go by me three times one day on the uh, Lay Lake tournament. Um, it was a two-day event, and I think each day they passed me three times, uh, going to get bait and coming back. That's that's a great idea. Um, I'm excited about about the uh, live bait tank that we got and uh, making sure that everything will stay alive. I, I think that. Um, uh, I, I'm a big bluegill fan, and, and you guys know that for, for flathead. But uh, any natural bait in the water that you're fishing has got to be the right bait. Yeah. Yeah. I just can't see how you can miss. And uh, if you can keep them alive, and it sounds like they've got something figured out on a live well, maybe we'll get that out of them next time we get them on the show. <laughs> I, I, th I, think, I think having oxygen in the boat and then pumping them bluegills up on oxygen before you put them in the water is really going to be fun. It's like steroids, isn't it, Chuck? I don't know, but I'm ready to try it. <laughs> them, them catfish are wide open. I'm sure them, oh, uh, man. them bluegills will be wide open when they hit bottom. I'm thinking you're right about that. What do you got for closing statements tonight, Chuck? Uh, I really don't have anything. You know, tournaments are over for the year up here. You know, winter blues coming, New Year's Eve. Um, love to see everybody get down here to Wheeler. Um, if, I don't get, if, I don't get, if I don't get cursed, I will be there. Um, this past week was really discouraging everything that went down Thursday and Friday all at one time. I just couldn't believe uh, everything that was happening. And you know, it could have just been one thing, you know. Um, he didn't want me to be a good reason. So I'll just say, yes, sir. Um, you know, appreciate you watching out for me. And uh, try it again next time. Exactly. That's exactly right. But, uh, you know, if there'll be times like that and, and you'll get to fish some more and uh, everything will be good. So uh, it's just one of them days that happens to all of us. Yeah, I'm just looking forward to Gunnersville all year. I mean, that's my favorite lake. <laughs> and, um, you know, it, it had to be moved out because it was scheduled for the same day as the uh, Mississippi River Monsters. And they rescheduled it. And, you know, I I was excited because I was going to be able to go now. And it just didn't come together. But, 
Uh, well, I think things happen for a reason, Chuck. I really do. I, uh, and it may be a blessing that you'll never know about. I know. It's, it's uh, you know, I just need to get up there. I can, I can fish at any time. I just need to get, get off my butt and get up there and fish. Um, I just hate getting up there and getting the boat out in the lake and my work calls, and I have to load back up uh, and come all the way back. Yeah. But That would be a killer. It is. As long as there's nothing going on, I'm pretty relaxed about it. But I know if they're working that Saturday, they could call me at any minute. Yep, I understand. What do you got for tonight besides Doc's tip tonight, uh, Doc? Well, your birthday's Wednesday, so happy birthday. How, <laughs> how many years young are you going to be? Would you believe 59? Oh, I hate you. <laughs> you're, you're, you're still a ways behind me. I, I yeah, am the I senior. I am the senior citizen of this this little You're the senior partner here. Yeah, the senior partner. Wow! All right, I didn't realize that. I thought you were closer than that to me. Daggone it! That's, let right. me tell you, buddy, that is close enough. Yeah, trust me. And then we got Chuck, and he's still a youngster. Yeah, he's almost wet behind the ears, isn't he? Yeah. <laughs> so, I'll, I'll, I'll be I'll be fifty in January. Oh, Are, man. really? Yeah. I didn't think you was that old. I thought you yeah, were quite a bit younger than us. Man, I'm broke up. You wouldn't believe. <laughs> I can't. I can't even get out of bed in the morning. Well, I have that I trouble anytime. So that's not going. I hate to tell you, buddy, but it's not that part of it's not going to get any better. No, yeah. get worse every day. <laughs> yeah, I'm just thankful every day I get out of bed and I can go out and aggravate somebody else. Oh, yeah. That's right. Heck yeah. So. All right, so Doc's tip tonight. Uh, the water is starting to get cold. The weather is starting to get cold. And what you guys need to be doing is carrying an extra change of clothes in the boat or the truck, either one. Uh, because we all seem to, I, you know, it just seems like when everybody falls in the water and gets wet, it's always when the water is the coldest. So that's my tip for tonight. Carry an extra change of clothes. I, I if, and from experience, I have in knock on wood, I, I'll beat everything. I have not had that happen to me. It'll probably happen now that I've said it. But uh, I remember an incident that happened many years ago, in which a bass fisherman got tossed out of his boat, and my and a buddy that was fishing with me at the time, we rescued this guy. And he had, he luckily, he had a pair, a whole outfit, including shoes, in his truck. And, and we just stripped him right down out there because, I mean, uh, the weather, it was 30-some degrees out on the river. And that water, it was down in, it was down in the <coughs> 40s. And so it was quite cold. But uh, once we got them uh, dry clothes off of him, you know, even... It, with the water temperatures at uh, they're about 60 degrees, you know, it, it, you can suffer from hypothermia. It, it'll chill your body down real quick. So uh, that's my tip for a night, carry an extra set of clothes. That's a great idea. And if you guys are worried about space, you can always get you uh, get your clothes and, and get one of those bags that you hook up a vacuum, vacuum sweeper to yeah. and suck all the air out of them. They take up very little. You'd be surprised how small an area uh, a suit of clothes takes when you take the air away from 
So that, that's something to, to consider because you can seal them babies right up in a vacuum bag and, and uh, they don't take up no space at all. And, I, you know, that's a great tip, Doc. Everybody should keep that on there. Yeah, and, yeah, and it doesn't matter if it is all wrinkled. You know, no, not, it don't matter. It's not, it's not a fashion show. We're just trying to stay warm. <laughs> that's exactly right. And and winter clothes, coats and stuff, you vacuum seal that baby up, and then things come in the littlest, smallest package, very yeah. thin, out of the way. We'll take a bunch of ice your boat, and it'll save your life. Yep. Jerry Dillard had sent me a message earlier, and he wanted me to announce uh, the tournament they had this past Saturday on the Brazos River in Waco, Texas. Uh, Roy Ewing and Jason Cummings and Garth Goodwin took first place with 39.38 pound and one big fish with a 33.44 pound flathead, uh, winning $1,106. Uh, those winnings will be doubled by the Boating Center for running a Yamaha outboard. Wow. Now, that's pretty cool right there. That's the wow. first I've heard of that. Congratulations to those guys. Second place was Luke and Levi Pickett with a 6.60 pound, taking home $306. That's pretty good return on your money right there. Uh, with an additional 140 for the smallest fish. Uh, they had a 12 and a quarter inch fish that weighed 0.44 pounds, a blue cat. 140 bucks for a 12 inch blue cat. Boys, we might need to make a trip to Texas and fish some of the tournaments down there. <laughs> Dillard, Dillard, and Dillard with a 5.76 pound, taking home $136. That mount will also be doubled by the Marineland Boating Center for running a Yamaha outboard. And they would like to thank everybody for showing up to the tournament. Looking forward to seeing everybody at the next one on Whitney Lake, December 4th and 5th. That sounds like them boys down there in Texas kind of got it going on. Yep. Uh, I'm glad for them. I, I, you know, we're looking at, at trying to do some Texas stuff maybe this year. I, I really would like to fish the Tawakini tournament. Uh, I'm not sure. We've had some issues going on uh, again with some family members, and I'd like to talk about that for just a second. We just we went through this deal with my mother here a while back, and and uh, I wanted to thank everybody for all the the prayers and condolences and all the stuff that I received from that. Uh, but my wife, Cindy, her brother, Alan, is, is in the same shape now, and uh, he has cancer really bad. And if you guys wouldn't mind uh, keeping her in your prayers, uh, I know she'd appreciate it. Uh, I have one other thing that I'd like to talk about before we sh shut up tonight. I had uh, a message from one of the greatest fishermen or teams of fishermen uh, that's out there in our sport right now, and uh, I met uh, Mary Tudoro down at Monsters on the Ohio, and, and I may have met her before that, but she come up and introduced herself to Cindy and I, and I think you and, and Lynn was there, Doc, and she's just the nicest lady. Uh, she had, had asked me if I'd heard what happened over the weekend, and with, with our traveling to, to check on Cindy's brother, I didn't hear about it, and she told me that Saturday, <clears throat> excuse me, that Casey and John had finished second in uh, the ICA tournament over in Indiana, they had also Sunday went and won the Catfish Classic and Big Fish uh, for the Indiana Classic. Uh, them guys, you know, that them, John LeMaster and Casey Tudor are two of the outstanding fishermen there is. Them are young guys. They, they got it going on. I mean, they catch some giant fish. They catch a lot of fish. They place high in tournaments. And... Uh, Mary also shared some information with me about her daughter getting engaged, and, and you know, she had a great weekend 
all the way around. But she shared something with me uh, that I thought I'd like to pass along because I know Casey really well, and he's a really good dude. Uh, she had told me that uh, – what was it? I forgot. Hang on just a second. I, I want to share this with you guys. Creek Chubb. Creek Chubbs, that's what they called him when he was a youngster growing up. And I take it because he fished all the time and he was on the on the creek bank uh, that they, they nicknamed him Creek Chubb. And I just thought that was the biggest, funniest thing. And she was nice enough to share that with us. And I guess that uh, his sister fishes a lot, does very well. And Mary's personal best is over 60 pounds. I, I told them guys, I told her that, that Casey and John and her and maybe they need to come over and fish the Jack and Jill tournament that we hold every year. Alex holds up on Mississippi River. That'd be great if them guys could make them over there and uh, get to fish with his mother or his sister or John's wife or Casey's wife or however they wanted to split it up and do it. But it would be great to get them guys over here on some big water. I know they fish a lot it'd be no different over here than it is over there they'd be just as successful but she told me that and I thought that was so funny I just wanted to share it with everybody so uh, that's all I have for tonight you guys got anything else yep I'm clear all right okay Chuck uh, that'll do it for tonight's show we would, we would like to thank Joey Pounders and Jay Gallup for joining us uh, we're not sure about a guest for next weekend we have some things going on we'll keep you posted keep your eye on the website until next Monday night, for Chuck Davison and Doc Lang, I'm Lyle Stokes, and thanks for watching Catfish Weekly.